Hello, brothers Hello, and sisters ben. of the table, and Matt. Matt, you're you're my brother as well. Yep. Uh, and I welcome. go to the table. And you go to the table, so um, this is all this is all super appropriate. Mm. <laughs> What's happening right now? Everybody's in the right room. Uh, glad you're listening. Um, hey, it's been a while since we did a table chat. Um, I blame coronavirus. There's a pandemic going on, <laughs> and I've been uh, I've been tired, and I've been. Uh, I read an article this week, Matt, that was, uh, the, I think the title of the article was, uh, is everyone depressed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a silly, uh, jokey thing, but actually the article said like so many people now are manifesting what doctors normally would count as clinical depression. Mm. So many people have that now that they're trying to, they're, they're trying to figure out, it's like this it's a weird situation to mm. say like, okay, some people just, some people are just experiencing a pandemic. It's a very normal response to a pandemic and they're trying to, it's, but it's a lot harder for doctors to sort out who needs medical intervention, like who needs, a, who needs real help and who needs, and who just needs to like know that, Hey, this is normal. You know, this is a normal response to the pandemic. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting article because I feel, um, I feel like I, I mean, I was, I was processing a Kairos with one of my uh, uh, cohorts the other day and, uh, and I, and I heard myself name all the signs of depression. <laughs> I was like, Oh, oh my God. gosh, dude. Oh man. You know, like uh, all, yeah. all these things. And so, um, so anyway, I was kind of joking about it, but I was like, what? Like, mm. anyway, so I just, I think a lot of, a lot of people are experiencing these kinds of things and um, that might just be part of what it feels like to go through a global pandemic. That, you know, yeah, well, it's being compounded today, uh, the last 48 hours, last week, by oh, police yeah. barging into a EMT's apartment and yeah. shooting her eight times, yeah, and her boyfriend shooting back and him being arrested for shooting back, yeah. Uh, you know, it's compounded by a white woman, uh, threatening to call the police and make up charges against a black man who approached yeah. her to rebuke her about violating the park's rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and George, George Floyd and George um, Floyd being, uh, strangled. So, yeah. Yep. And I just read about uh, protests in Hong Kong. It seems a little bit further away, but, uh, you know, there's like a, a brutal kind of crackdown on, uh, protests. Um, Right for, about a about a new law that says you have to participate in the Chinese national anthem. Anyway, so yes, it is being compounded. It's not just a global pandemic, but it's a uh, it's it's the response to the pandemic uh, that has been less than stellar. It gave me some comfort to know that I, I heard a historian talk about the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic, and yeah, he was saying. <laughs> It was, uh, it was terrible. They, the response by the government was just awful and, and people like did crazy mm -hmm. things. So I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, so this is, this is normally what happens for humans <laughs> as we go through a pandemic. All right. We're not, we're not uniquely, uh, uh, flawed in that. So way. we're normally psychotic is what you're saying. We're no that's yeah, that's right. Anyway. So it's, it's all, uh, it's, it's hard out there. It's all, but it's all, uh, sort of, uh, par for the course, I guess the comfort I took from it was just realizing, okay, this, like, it's not like the world was getting better and better. And now it's like going to hell in a handbasket. It's just, it's always been 
it's always been this way. Mm. People have always been dealing with all of these things. Mm. And uh, anyway, I found it helpful. Um, I found it helpful to read the Psalms. Mm. Um, there's some, it's interesting. I, I resonate a lot more with the Psalms now because I think before when I read the Psalms, they all seemed like really angsty. You know, I was just like, man, these guys are having just such a hard time with life. And now I read the Psalms and I'm like, oh, these guys knew how to deal with life. Like these guys knew what to, what to say. Um, so I'm, I'm finding a lot of resonance with the psalmists who are, you know, asking God to act because they're having a really mm. hard time. They're mm-hmm. having a really bad, these guys are having really bad days and mm-hmm. uh, they know how to discharge some of that uh, pain mm. and anguish uh, mm. with the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um you know, I, I think one of the one of the issues that I'm running into is how I'm I'm finding myself like there's kind of this spiritual sort of retreat mm. from activism or personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like um you know, I, I'm going to get a little uh controversial here, Ben. But like it's basically uh, what's pejoratively referred to as the thoughts and prayers response, mm-hmm. like the pandemic or uh, violence by white police officers against black persons. Um, well, thoughts and prayers, right? What we need to do mm-hmm. is just pray about it more and uh, tell people that they're sinners more and have people get transformed in their hearts more. And eventually this will all change, but not really because the world is a sinful place and this will always be with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, that's basically the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, so there's lament and prayer on one hand, and then there's like activism on the other. Mm-hmm. And it feels like in a, in a polarized world, we're forced to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you, if you find some comfort in one, um, then the assumption, yeah, the assumption is, oh, you're a thoughts and prayers guy, you know, right? where it's like, no, no, I don't think so, but I don't know. Am I? Um, yeah, no, I, I hear you. It is hard that there there's ditches, the thoughts and prayers ditch. And then the, uh, you burn it all down ditch, you know, maybe, maybe those are the ditches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I think they have to go together. Um, I read so N.T. Wright's written a new book on God and the pandemic, and I think one of the things he talks about in there is is talking about the connection between being able to lament well and to pray well, and also be able to act mm-hmm. well. You know, on mm-hmm. the other side of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to on our other podcast, Matt. We're going to interview N.T. Wright about that book, and I want to ask him about that. That'd be a good line of questioning, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, To ask him how those things relate or go together. Um, Because I'm also aware, we just had Ron Sider on that podcast. This is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Yeah. And Ron Sider talks, uh, the book you were talking with him about was was this book about like examples of nonviolent action, Mm. which that's more of the you know, the, the picture of what you're talking about to say that that's a, that's a response that goes beyond thoughts and prayers and actually puts your life on the line, puts your body on the line to be able mm. to bring injustice to light and mm. force people to reckon with it, you know, mm. through nonviolence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I have to believe, I think the thing that gives me hope is that I think those things have to be connected that I think if we can lament well 
and discharge some of the like some of the raw negative emotions about it with the Lord, I think mm-hmm. we might be able to then act nonviolently and productively in, you know, in protest and in other ways that are, you know, truly action, but also nonviolent action that isn't like taking out our anger in mm-hmm. this space. It's like we, we discharge our anger with the Lord and then we can act in love, mm. which sometimes, which sometimes looks like, you know, standing in front of tanks, you know, or wh- whatever it might look like, but it's nonviolent and it's loving. Yes. Because we're no longer just trying to work out our anger with this person or with this oppressive system. Anyway, I got to believe they go together. I don't know. I don't know exactly how. I mean, and part of part of the way that I feel hamstrung a little bit, I don't know if you feel this, Matt, is there's no like right now, there's no that, that, that I can see of. There's no direct way to get involved in some of those things. We don't live in Hong Kong. No, we don't live in Minneapolis. No, Um we don't live in these places where these things are happening. And so sometimes I feel a little bit like, I don't like, what else do I do besides speak, speak in ways that will be helpful uh, for those that listen to me, um, you know, to, to try to change minds, but like until, I don't know, but I, you know, I don't want that to be an excuse of just like, Oh, there's no protest walking past my door. <laughs> so, so I can't get involved. I mean, maybe there are ways that I'm not, that I'm not aware of. So. Right. Right. Anyway. Well, yeah. So I guess if you're feeling depressed and discouraged. Yeah. Um, I'll just say this. Um, this is really hard to keep before us because we're a predominantly white church. You and I are white guys. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to in any way center white feelings yeah. in the midst of this. Yeah. So oh, white people need spaces to talk about how they're, this is being impacted to them. Yeah. But I just want our church to know, like, uh, this is not about us. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. Racism is about us, and and yeah. and uh, race. Um, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about that, but um, our feelings aren't central here. Yeah. Yes. And that's hard to hold in tension with the fact that you do have to be honest about how you feel. You know, there's no other way to reckon with it. Yes. You have to find spaces. You have to find spaces to talk about it. But it, it is a tricky, you know, tricky is maybe a, a, a bad word to use there, but it's a, it's a difficult uh, tension, I think, to walk in because there's so many ways that we as white people are used to centering ourselves. We're used to sort of being the center of things. And so the way that we're the way that we're used to thinking about our feelings is to think about them in that centered way. And so it's easy to make a misstep. You know what I mean? It's easy to, in my effort to process how I'm feeling, it's easy to center myself without realizing I'm centering myself. So Mm. it's just like this constant uh, repentance, I think that's needed. And, uh, you know, listening to, listening to uh, minority marginalized uh, voices who can teach us and tell us that you're centering yourself. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, and just repent, you know, just repent quickly instead yeah. of feeling, because I think oftentimes, you know, what's labeled as like white fragility <laughs> is yep. basically just shame that isn't like acknowledged. 
it, you know, cause I, I, I feel that, you know what I mean? If I, if I realize that I've centered myself as a white person, or if I realize that I've acted in a, a racist way, yes, like there's a shame about that. I'll go, oh gosh, I don't want to be a racist. I don't, you know, I don't like that. Um, but it's, it's important, I think, to learn how to just quickly repent of it and say, yes, that was racist. I apologize. I'm, yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning how to, I'm learning how to, uh, live in a new way. And that's yes. part of the dismantling of the system is, is realizing how it impacts me, realizing the ways that I've assumed this system, uh, realizing the ways that it's benefited me and yeah, uh, learning from it, uh, disentangling myself as much as I can from it, yeah. repenting of those things as much as I can, um, when I become yeah. aware. So, yeah, well, we were going to talk about, uh, our plans for regathering Matt. <laughs> uh, but I, I just brought up, uh, anxiety and depression and I, and we just went from there. So there's a lot of things to be anxious and, and depressed about. There are a lot of things um, to be anxious and depressed and, about. And these are just, these, these are all just new things, not, uh, not the impending global climate crisis right. and not the predatory, uh, capitalist economic system we live in that preys upon poor people. So we're not even talking about the things that are always wrong and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. just talking about yeah. the things that have been added to it. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah, it's uh, maybe maybe a word to close one. Uh, it's it's normal. To like this, yes. this, it is bad. You know, it's it's yes. it's good, actually, uh, is a weird way to put it. But it's good to feel bad about bad things. It yes. means your conscience is plugged in. It means you're alive. It means you're a human. It means yeah. you know, you still know what's right. You still know what, you know, you're, you're, you're connected with God who is the ultimate good and, and you're resonating with ultimate good, which means that yes. bad things feel bad. Yes. So it's normal to feel bad right now. It's okay. That's one thing to say. Yeah. All right. We're, well, we're, we're going to record another one, folks, for you uh, about our plans for regathering, and uh, awesome. that'll that'll come out soon. I also have another one I want to do. Okay, we're just guys. We're getting back into it. Table chat's back. Hey, hey! <laughs> All right, blessings. <laughs>